Welcome to Conversation Mill. My name is Rebecca Dale and I am the host of the show. I have a passion for sharing how the creation of thriving local economies benefits us all. I'm fascinated by how we come together to form our communities on a macro and micro scale and how our histories and stories when shared can not only motivate and inspire, but can facilitate understanding. As our communities, large and small, bring back a more progressive Main Street, individuals are stepping out to pursue their passions and local leaders are pushing back against corporate greed. It's time to engage these community leaders and small business owners in conversation. What are the driving forces behind their courage and success and how can we continue to build communities that embrace diversity, support the local economy, and create a healthy ecosystem for the culture at large? Join us now in conversation. To me, there's nothing like a good book, an actual book. The feel of paper, whether it's aged or new and crisp or thick and glossy. And then there's the smell which is now the smell of my office, a bit musty, mostly earthy, with a hint of a scent of all the places I've opened that book in. One of my happiest memories is one of laying against the ancient oak trees inside Brook Green Gardens, located in Pauley's Island, South Carolina, and soaking in the afternoon sun with a book of poetry and a dear friend. We read and shared ideas and napped and repeated. That dear friend is a previous guest of the podcast, Anthony Brandel, creator of The Rabbit Hero. Reading has been my escape and my therapy. When we packed up our rented home to move to our purchased home, we laughed that over 50% of my boxes were books. So it only makes sense that eventually I had to have a conversation with a bookstore owner, and one of my favorite bookstores is located in Asheville, North Carolina, and the current owner of Malaprops agreed to sit down for a chat. Western North Carolina is rich in literary history and is still home to a plethora of fantastic authors. You will probably know the names of many. Carl Sandburg had a home just outside of Asheville in Flat Rock. Thomas Wolfe was born and raised in Asheville, his most notable work being Look Homeward, Angel, Short story writer O. Henry is buried in Riverside Cemetery in Asheville. Authors like F. Scott Fitzgerald, while never living in Asheville, wrote there. F. Scott famously stayed at the Omni Grove Resort, trying to regain his inspiration and struggling with alcohol addiction. His wife Zelda was also in Asheville, only across the valley from the Omni Grove, in Highland Hospital, an upscale psychiatric facility which she came and went from for 12 years, until tragically losing her life there when a fire tore through one of the wings of the hospital. But Asheville and the surrounding mountains are home to many contemporary authors and poets as well. New York Times bestselling author Sarah Addison Allen was born and raised in Asheville. Some of her titles include Garden Spells and First Frost. But that's not the only famous Sarah who calls Western North Carolina home. Sarah Gruen, who wrote Water for Elephants, settled here with her family. Charles Frazier, 
author of Cold Mountain, grew up in the mountains of western North Carolina. These are just a few of the authors and poets who call Asheville in the mountains of the Carolinas home. The list is long, and those of us lucky enough to live here have access to some of the best contemporary authors. One name not mentioned in the list I just read is poet and novelist Ron Rash. Malaprop's current owner, Gretchen Horn, references him in our conversation. And I want to start this episode by reading one of his poems that you can find on the Poetry Foundation's website. The poem is called Speckled Trout. I picked this one because I think it does a perfect job of placing you in a mountain valley looking for a stream to drop a line in. Speckled Trout by Ron Rash Water flesh gleamed like mica, orange fins, red flank spots, a char shy as ginseng, found only in spring flow gaps, the thin clear of faraway creeks no map could name. My cousin showed me those hidden places. I loved how we found them, the way we followed no trail, just stream sound, tangled in rhododendron, to where slow water opened, a hole to slip a line in, and lift as from a well bright, shadows of another world, held in my hand, their color already starting to fade. Join us now in conversation. Getting the elephant out of the room, they told us years ago that when e-readers and Kindles and mm-hmm. all those things came out, that printed books would be dead. Um, yet right. here, here you guys are. Here we are. <laughs> so, how do you yeah. do you make it happen? How how do so you stay was, successful? I was looking back um, to what because we sold e-readers for a while, you know, at this moment because that was a real fear. Yeah, you know, in the, in the independent bookstores, like we can't just all of a sudden sell socks i mean we do sell socks but anyways right. um so i look back and it was about 2012 when mm-hmm. this was a fear and what i have to say is that amazingly our our young adult and middle grade sections sell really well because yeah. to them it's a novelty to have this tactile experience yeah and then there's just enough Luddites like myself that are like, no, I need a book, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have semi-photographic memory, you know, flipping through the book, you're like, I know it was on the lower quadrant on the left-hand side. And so you can go back to that. Whereas with e-readers, you know, like you just swipe and you're like, I don't even know where I am anymore. Like you don't know how close you are to the beginning or the end. Right. right. Yeah. You're kind of blindfolded. I didn't even so think of Blinders that. on. Yeah. That's such um, a great point. So – Luckily, people still love paper. <laughs> yeah. No, I I didn't even think of that. And that's such a great point because that um, I'm such a book collector and I love to be able to do that is like pull a book and be mm-hmm. like, oh, I know it's it's in the back half of this mm-hmm. book. Exactly. It was right after this one paragraph. And then you find that yeah. phrase or that poem or that whatever. Yeah. Love that. So uh, let's back up just a step. Sure. Tell us the name of your bookstore and where uh, yes. that name comes from. Malaprop's Bookstore Cafe. And Malapropism is the actual word. Mm-hmm. And that's when you use a similar sounding word in place of the actual word. So if I were to say I'm going to instigate something instead of investigate, 
very different meaning. Right. And the um, the founder uh, moved to to the East Coast from Hungary when she was okay. 16. And so learning English when she's 16, she had and still does a lot of malapropisms. Okay. All right. I so, love that. Yeah. And um, there's a character, Mrs. Malaprops, in the play The Rivals. Okay. And so... All of that just came together. And so now we're Malaprops. Take us through a little bit of the history of Malaprops. Um, you mentioned the the founder was from Hungary. Can you mm-hmm. share a little bit of her story and now how you've... Um, how I'm here. The care, <laughs> caretaker, as you told me. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to be fairly vague just so I don't get any details wrong. Yeah. But she was she worked in bookstores and just loved being in bookstores mm. and found that there it was a very uh, masculine industry and the writers and the publishers and and she's like, I, I women need to be represented, you mm-hmm. know. And so she opened Malaprops in 1982, just a couple doors down. Um, it was a time when Asheville, downtown Asheville, was boarded up. Many storefronts were boarded mm. up. It was not the thriving place it is today. Sure. Just her vision and her passion brought so many people in. Yeah. And we needed to expand. So in 97, we moved into this bigger space, which is awesome. Mm. Um, just, you know, love of books. And again, not again, I guess, because I haven't said this, but, you know, independent bookstores are a heart of a community, really. Mm-hmm. You know, they help other businesses. Yeah. Um, and so here we are today in 2023. Uh, several years ago, I knew that she was looking to retire. And I was able to, with help from my parents, <laughs> approach her and... um and by I'm still 80% come this January, I'll be 100%. Owner. Oh, wow. But um, yeah, so, and I was thinking, who <clears throat> who can I work for mm-hmm. that wasn't Emika? You know, who would I respect? Yeah. Who, who would have the same vision? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. Like, would I leave? Right. Depending on who bought the business. Mm-hmm. And so, again, help from my parents. And it's like, okay, let's do this. I adore that because it's a theme that comes up on this podcast sometimes. And and, and we see this a lot in, in towns. And it doesn't matter if they're small or big. The original owner retires or sells and the next owner comes in, up in and the culture of the business changes mm-hmm. or the, the main focus of the business changes. It loses that heart mm-hmm. either because that the employees were maybe scared to take that leap or it wasn't offered to them or right. they didn't offer top dollar. Um, can you speak a little bit to that? Going into that, there had to be some fears, fears on your end. Of, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> absolutely, there were fears. Mm-hmm. As in, would the existing employees be okay with this? Mm, sure. Right? Because it's it's a group effort. Yeah. You know, I might be owner, but I have someone who does a book buying who's excellent mm-hmm. at it, you know, and I can't do customer service all day long. Right. And, you know, all these different things. So, like, everyone is important here. Right. Every person is important. Um, so that was that was definitely a fear. Also, would it tank? Would, you know, just, like, 
kind of, because it's a group effort, I just made sure everyone realized that they knew their strengths were appreciated. Mm. I'm like, keep going. You're doing great. You know, yeah. why, why fix it if it's not broken? Yep. Um, no one here could offer top dollar for the business. Right. And so we worked out a plan. So this is a payment plan. That's great. You know? Yeah. Um, stretch over five years. So it's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, which which is great when when owners can can do that and right have that you know owner financed or that yeah. flexible payment yeah. option to keep something so special like this bookstore alive yeah and in the hands of people who really have right. care for it right yeah yeah I mean I've been here since two thousand and one so I've, wow. I've I've been here a while you yeah. know <laughs> that's that's awesome I know this place pretty well yeah. and I I know what her vision is mm-hmm. and personally i i wanted to work at a nonprofit. that's what i thought it was going to do gotcha you know yeah i'm really into community building and taking care of the community and and i started working here when i was in college mm-hmm. right i was like oh well that'll be fun we'll work in the cafe make some drinks and then i just i guess i just grew up with it mm-hmm. you know starting when i'm 21 i just kind of grew yeah and realized that bookstores are very, very close to nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and serve some of the yeah. same needs. Yes. So I was like, all right, yeah, this works. This, you know, this is good for my soul. Mm-hmm. It was either that or law. So mm-hmm. <laughs> here we are. This is it, it, what you said about just kind of the the serving the community almost in the same way as a nonprofit. It, it really does because I've been here for oh, half a dozen times shop okay. as a customer yeah. and purchased, um, which I have some questions about, but purchased specifically local poetry books yeah. because I love poetry. And so when I go to new cities, if I see a local poetry section, I find yeah. a poet and bring them home with me. Um, so this place has like a personal, yeah. I have a heart for it. Yeah. If I came to Asheville six months from now and it was closed, I'd be like, oh, like my my chest would physically hurt because it, it has a special yes thing to me and mm-hmm. i this i always come in here when i'm in Asheville, regardless of what i'm here for yeah because i want to walk around and see what's new and yeah is there a book i can grab that and a little chat books yeah. like yeah <laughs> exactly so talk to me a little bit about that community that you're creating with this bookstore i mean there's different communities mm-hmm. right there's the the community that works downtown there's the community that live locally and come in and then there's the author community yeah i mean Asheville is very author rich we have a lot of excellent authors in and around you know in western north carolina right um i really couldn't ask for more yeah you know just like some of these names you're like yeah they they live here <laughs> yeah that's really special. cool mm-hmm. and we do books on consignment so if someone's not picked up by a big publisher Oh, we'll, you know, we'll do a quick review of the book. So we've added a little bit and then we'll just take, you know, five copies and see how they sell. Yeah. And one author I like to highlight who was on consignment with us a long time ago is Ron Rash. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. And look yeah. at him now. That's it's just so incredible. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, so not all, obviously, but many of the poetry books are on consignment because I, we have a monthly poetry event. And it used to be three poets um, on a Sunday, and it's po- po- poetry mm-hmm. 
but now because we have so many submissions, it's four. But so you'll find that's how you can find so many different poets that you wouldn't necessarily see. Some some of them are self-published or sometimes the presses are so tiny that it's hard. You wouldn't even know about them, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, we're, we're so fortunate in our author community. And I will, I'll ha- I need to fact check myself on this because I, I don't, and I should have pulled it off my shelf before I came up here, but I bought a poetry collection here from a local author mm-hmm. and I w- was actually flying somewhere and, and I read it on a plane and there was a line in a poem that hit me just right and I started crying on this airplane. Mm. It just, whatever yeah. I was going through, it just hit me. Yeah. So good, and I'll I'll put it in the show notes, um, and and put it on my Substack when I get there, and and give the author credit because I'm blanking on his name right now. But I say that to say you can find really remarkable things from local authors, yeah. and when a bookstore is going, let you know, let's give you a chance, let's put yeah. you out there. I I would have probably never read that poem, never had that moment right. without how, that. How would you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is poetry, you have a lot of poetry here. Yeah. Is that something that is integral to what this bookstore is about? Was that, did, did you guys have a heart for that or did that the come The founder about? is a poet. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we do have staff members that love poetry as well. So that's great to like, you know, bring in new voices and new yeah. ideas. And we we recognize that at other bookstores you wouldn't see, you know, you'd see like Neruda and Oliver and, you know, like sure. the big names. Mm-hmm. But we we know that it's not common. And so we make sure to have a healthy section. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And I would, you know, if anybody's in Asheville, definitely, if you're into poetry, this is the place to find yeah. some really unique poets for sure. Yeah. What are some of the biggest challenges you face in this industry of independent bookstore ownership, you know, we know the margins are tight in this. Yeah. Industry. <laughs> so uh, we know that's already a challenge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> margins are tight, which means, you know, I can't, I can't give people high salaries. Mm. I just, yeah, I can't. So you get creative, mm-hmm. right? Parking is not fun downtown. Sure. But we provide parking spots. We rent parking spots, okay. so employees don't have to pay. They yeah. know they know they have a place to park. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not a huge expense. It's but it's a huge benefit. Yes, we give discounts on books. Obviously, mm-hmm. we check in to see what interests are. So you know, if someone has an idea about doing a new display, go for it. We make this a fun place to work, a mm-hmm. compassionate place to work. If your cat sneezes, stay home and take care of your cat, please. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and in other ways of creativity is bringing in the non-book items that mm. can have a higher margin, mm. and that's tricky too because we could just bring in a bunch of plastic stuff from made in China. Right. I don't really like that. Let's mm-hmm. landfill fodder. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And so it's fun. It's fun to find things. Yeah. Like the socks that have books on them, the different bookmarks, yeah. the different journals, you know. So mm-hmm. that's when 
if anyone's like, oh, there's too many things that aren't books, I'm like, that's bonus money. Right. <laughs> that's your right. that's your holiday bonus money. Right yeah. There. So <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, that's it's definitely a, a challenge, but again, because of our community, we're we're doing well. You also host um, readings and events. Yes. You mentioned the poetry. Yes. How do those? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Um, it, it seems like you have a pretty full calendar. What are some of those events? What are? <sighs> uh, most of them are are just authors, mm-hmm. and so we'll do completely virtual events oh, nice. as well as hybrid events. Um, again, staffing. Everyone's having a problem with staffing. Sure. You know, luckily the staff we have is awesome, uh-huh. but we don't have the same extended hours as we did pre-COVID. Yeah, um, and so it. It, it takes people to put on an event. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have some just virtual. Yeah, mostly authors. We try to do local authors. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's fun that there's someone with a big name that wants to visit Asheville and ask us if they could read here. Yeah. And we're like, okay, Mr. Grisham, <laughs> we'll let you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a really hard decision, but I guess we can clear some space. Who he is actually a great supporter of independent bookstores. Yeah. Just have to say that. As I well lo- as James Patterson. Um yeah. they're great. Yes. I love I love to hear that. Yeah. Um that they're supporting local and and coming in and yeah. lending their names and their talent to supporting independent bookstores, especially. Yes. The, just the role of independent bookstores yeah. in in a community, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit yeah. earlier, supports other businesses. Um, I would assume it's also, you do have a lot of tourism here, so you have people coming in Absolutely. buying, you know, the Absolutely. bookstore t-shirt as a remembrance of coming yeah. to Asheville. But um, I guess either expound on that, or is there other parts of the community that you touch as a bookstore um, and and kind of what's your role as you see it in the community? So we we partner with other businesses. If they have some kind of event going on, we'll bring in books, you know, and then they get a portion of the sales from mm-hmm. that event. Sure. Because it, it adds to their event to be mm-hmm. like, oh, look, and then we have these that you're just hearing about over here. Yeah. And then the same with the library. Mm. <clears throat> they have an author there, which is really great for the library. Yeah. You know, libraries are always underfunded. So sure. we'll we'll partner with them. Mm-hmm. The Science Museum, just almost if you can think it. You can partner with it. Yeah. We can partner with it. And same book fairs, mm-hmm. you know, so that it's a fundraiser for the school. Yeah. We've definitely done that. And the, the cafe... This is a whole situation. Yeah. It's the bathrooms. Oh. I'm sure. not going to spend much time on that. Yeah. Back when the cafe was more open with tables and seating, mm. you know, it was very much a gathering place of play- people can meet up. Yes. Or families, if they split up to go other places, they come back and they can find each other, you know. Yeah. And it's that. It's like finding each other, mm. you know, and here you know you can come in and talk to someone about a book or books in general or yeah. ideas in general and i like this what what would you recommend next and helping people find things that they don't know they they could use i'm not going to mm-hmm. say need but eh. um yeah we get a, 
I mean, that's that's the best thing is to be able to hand someone a book that that will just enrich their lives, mm. essentially. You know, yeah. whether they're going through a hard time and they don't realize what, you know, they might start off looking in conscious living and we're like, well, you know, let's let's go to spirituality, mm-hmm. right? It's close or vice versa. There's knowledge everywhere, right? Yeah. If you're looking for answers or looking for an escape, just it's it's all yeah, there's there's so many books. Yeah. yeah. And you you can find what you need. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I love what you said about the ability to kind of guide somebody to something maybe they haven't read before. I know yeah. as a big reader myself, yeah. I get so much joy when someone's like well, what are you reading? Or I've been reading a lot of nonfiction. What's good fiction, Rebecca? I know you read a lot. Right. Or, you know, somebody asks right. you. I get so excited to be like, oh, I have yes. like 10 you could yeah. read. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's like, okay, so fiction. What 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 don't you like in fit? What what's a no for what's a hard no? You know, yeah. like um, <laughs> That's just so the fun. Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. And yeah. we had someone come in looking for a book regional that's cinematic that you can easily see as a movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, well, here's three. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's so fun. I love that. And then, they, then they call back and they're like, that was amazing. Thank mm. you so much. I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. Thank thank you for coming in and for sharing this whole experience with me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess interaction, you know? Mm-hmm. And I love that. And it's, you know, we try our hardest to be, this is a happy, happy place, a, mm-hmm. a safe place. Mm-hmm. Bring your dog in, please. Please bring your dog in. Yeah. <laughs> I there was a dog over here before, and I was like, oh, I'm setting oh, up. Oh, I, I really know. want to go pet yeah, that dog, but that, that little husky. Oh my yes. gosh! Um, you can see her on our Instagram, Mala Pups. Oh, I love that. Okay, great. <laughs> we would fill up our Instagram with dogs, and it's like, okay, no, we need to post like events <laughs> and new books and yeah. these things, and so we just had to create a new Instagram account. I love yeah. that. We'll make sure we link to that too. So everyone follow both the the bookstore and the Malapops. I yeah. love that. I love that. What since we're talking about book recommendations, yeah. what's a book we should all read right now? No. <laughs> too many options. Well, and that's the thing. What are you looking for in a book? You know, some people want a recipe mm-hmm. to for a tiny house. Right. And some people want to escape and go on an adventure. Mm-hmm. So, so many. Oh, maybe I should ask you. Okay, what are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? I am reading a series by Rebecca Weatherspoon, and it is romance. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, um, it's BIPOC, so yeah, diversity. And the series is Beards and Bondage. Okay. <laughs> I love your honesty. And they're delightful reads. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing that um, I can put down for a moment to go check on dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or my son interrupts me, yeah. you know? And then it's it's great. I love that. I don't watch TV. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last movie I saw. Yeah. Because I just read fun things. Mm-hmm. 
I'm so glad you mentioned that because like you said about someone coming in and saying, what's a regional book that's cinematic mm-hmm. that I can see it in mm-hmm. my mind's eyes. I'm reading it. It could be a movie. Yeah, Sarah Addison Allen Lost Lake. Okay. okay. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that when you just and and that's always the thing, right? When they do make a movie out of a book that you've read and loved. Yeah. And you're like, that is not at all I, how what? I pictured that character. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, yeah, that escapism. Yes. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, yeah, I read I love to read other kinds, you know, mysteries, and I'm more of a genre reader. Yeah, um, you know the the fantasy, mystery, thriller, romance that because it's it's fun because mm-hmm. I get to escape from the real world, from the dishes, from the laundry, from the politics. Yes, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the truth? I I think something's gotten lost in thinking of reading only as I'm learning something. I'm uh, having to cram something yeah. else in my mind. I'm having yeah. to learn facts and figures or whatever. That's that's a. I love to read nonfiction. I'm really into history, but also sometimes I read so much and then I'm like, I need to read some Agatha Christie, just straight yeah. up murder mystery yeah. Yeah. in an English countryside and yeah. just escape from this country and from everything. Yes, and exactly. That's kind of I think people forget about that, like the joy of reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people get that joy from reading up on car- carpentry, you know? Right. Yeah. Yes. So go for it. Yeah. It's all here. Yeah. What have you seen as as far as trends with book buying? Like, is there a genre that's, that's more popular in recent years? Recent or? years, romance, oh, for okay. sure. And I think part of it was um, book talk, you know, and TikTok things. Oh. I don't. I don't TikTok, so I, I don't, don't really that, know yeah. what it all means. But yeah, we've we've seen an uptick, and also going to uh, conferences with other booksellers mm. is now more acceptable. Um, in uh, 2019, I went to one, and there were a bunch of snobs. Interesting. <laughs> and then yeah. I went to one in Seattle this past winter after you know taking a break because we're all being very cautious. Yeah. And it was completely different. Everyone was just very accepting. So I feel like a lot of, not rules, but the literary snobbism just kind of melted during COVID. Mm. It was more like we're all in this together. Yeah. You're reading. That's a good thing. You're not watching the news. You're not freaking out. You're you're reading because we deal with everyday life things, you know. I would say that, and and probably fantasy too. Mm. Uh, middle grade graphic novels mm. can't can't keep them in stock. They're just kids eat them up. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's great to hear, though. I, and I want to ask you about that with the middle grade and the, and the younger kids yeah. and the reading trends there, because you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation that those books really help keep the bookstore afloat and mm-hmm. are very popular. I, where is that coming from? Is that just parents really like engaging their kids with books and, and okay, if I spend money on my kids' books, like that's worth it because I want to engage them in reading where the parent might forego buying for themselves versus for their kid? Or gift? is it a lot of gifting? I know I gift. There's a lot of gifting for sure, but it's books. a lot of, a lot of kids come up to our counter and they're like, 
do you have the fourth book in this series? And blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, hold on. Let, let's go check. Let's go back there. Let's look at what we've got, you know? So, so there's definitely interest from the kids. Mm. There's also interest from the parents because screen time, yeah. it's so addictive. And so, you know, everyone's trying to find ways to get their kids off the screen for a while. Mm-hmm. Um and books are great for road trips, you know? So all of these things, I feel like it just helps the neurons mm. learning differently reading versus watching, yeah. right? And again, it's a novelty when when you're born with an iPod or iPad, sorry, yeah. let I, in your hands, then then a book, again, the, the tactile experience. Yeah. And... For me personally, I'm an extreme introvert, mm-hmm. like 85% introvert, yeah. right? So after work, I just, I don't want any outside stimulation. Mm-hmm. I don't want the noise, the flashing. I just, and so reading helps me keep my sanity. Yeah. It fills my well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You, you're running dry and for me, if I if I go two days without reading, I'm a nutcase. Mm. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a mess. And so it's a it's that quiet entertainment that fills you. It's not taking away. Mm. It's not asking anything of you. Mm. You put a bookmark in, put it down. You can come right back to it without any advertisements, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where's Wordle? You're like. Another ad? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I adore that. And I and I'm an int- I I'm both. I'm and I forget what it's called, but I'm an introvert that can be an extrovert when they need to be, mm-hmm. but really at the heart of things, I'm an introvert. Yeah. Um and it's funny cuz from where I'm sitting, I can see the book Bittersweet by Susan Cain, which is a book I have. She also wrote The Power of Introverts. Yes. Um, yes. And uh uh, so I really identify with that, and I and I love that you brought that up because there's so many kids that are introvert that in this culture are like being forced to be extroverts that yeah. don't want to be. Yeah. And I always found solace as a kid in having my head in a book, and still as an adult, same as you, right. find that solace in especially like how people return to the same TV shows or movies because they know what's going to happen and yeah. there's like comfort in that. Yes. I'm like that with books too. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because, you know, parents don't underestimate if you have an introvert at home, get them off the screen and bring them into a bookstore and yeah. see that transformation. It also, yes, you can watch a video on your phone or on your screen that takes you somewhere else because mm-hmm. you can see the video. But there's something about reading about another place and creating that picture yeah. in your head and being transported that way that's different i don't know how to describe it right it, it fosters creativity mm. the imagination right yeah which is so important i mean yes. innovation right mm-hmm. yeah how how would we even have these screens if it weren't for the imagination yes and yeah I, it's it's a, it's a relief that kids still like to read honestly mm-hmm. yes yes <laughs> to kind of wrap up our conversation today i wanted to ask you and and maybe you have uh multiple people uh to this but 
if you could sit with someone and have a conversation like like we did today, living or dead, who would you love to <laughs> sit down with? You're grimacing. I just, I have, I, I've heard this question asked. You know, other people ask it of celebrities. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm an introvert. I talk to myself all the time. I have conversations with people, and they don't know it. Yeah. Um, they're all in my head, but. Um, this is completely off the rest of what we were talking about potentially, but I think maybe, um, my, my grandmother, mm. I was young when she passed away, mm. but my mother's parents met in a concentration camp. Oh, wow. Right. Wow. And so, and I, again, I didn't realize this when they were alive. I just, mm. and so now it's like, holy cow. Oh, what, what, like yeah. experiences and and how that changed them and how, you know, so that obviously affected my mom, you know, and just all the, like all the di different details. I don't, I don't think I want too many details, honestly, right. but that something like that can change my generation really. Because mm -hmm. obviously affected my mom and her sisters and then parenting style then of for me and my siblings mm -hmm. right and just the the ripple effects yeah oh and i bet they didn't have books right right <laughs> oh right wow what what country were they were they in? they were in what is now, uh what was the dutch indies oh, okay so they were dutch wow yeah and um i think it's the west indies now and yeah so it was japanese concentration camp wow yeah that's that's just fascinating that would be yeah um i don't know if you're uh, I, and i'm not super super familiar with it um but like epigenetics like how our dna is is affected by the trauma mm. of of our past generations so if yeah. our grandparents experience something traumatic it like affects the actual dna of then our parents and then yeah. ours by default and yeah like how you can learn about that through learning about your history and then adjust your behaviors or sure. understand some of your behaviors to then be able to to adjust them, which is, um, like I said, I'm not an expert at it. I've just read about it through reading about yeah. other people's journeys. Yeah. And I just find that It makes sense to fascinating. me. Fascinating. So mm -hmm. much, right? Yeah. Like, my sister and I are like workhorses. We're like, we go, 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 go. Come on. You know, we've got this. Mm -hmm. You know, just one step in front of the other. When it's hard, you just one step in front of the other. Mm. And that we comes got from this. <laughs> and that comes from those grandparents for sure. Right? You yeah. know, like they made furniture out of their the crates that were shipped when they moved to this country. Mm -hmm. You know, like because they didn't have anything. It's like, wow. well, this is what we've got. This is what we're gonna do. Wow. Instead of sitting in the injustice right mm. Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not saying that there's a right or a wrong way but they're just like we, if we want to keep going we got to keep going mm -hmm. that's so powerful I, <laughs> yeah it is but the flip side of that is there wasn't much tolerance for um mental mm. health problems sure right yeah. Yeah, it it there definitely was a lot from that generation of uh, almost um not done on purpose, but almost that we've suffered worse, so just keep yeah. going. Yeah, 
you you have it better it. than we did. Yeah. So yeah. How how could anything be wrong with you? Because <laughs> yes. we know bad, and you're fine. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, so I guess there's there's just different types of trauma, mm-hmm. really. That's so interesting. I love that answer. And man, yeah, it's really powerful to just think about. But uh, uh, then again, that's another important part of reading is to go back and and learn about some of those stories. That yes, you might not get it from your grandmother, but you might be able to read something of someone who had a similar experience and start to comprehend. Whoa, that's probably what they yeah. went through. Yeah, and and that's why my mom does these things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or her sisters do those things. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's it's important to understand different different ways, just, just so we can have grace with each other. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, we're all human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all trying. <laughs> yeah, I love that word, grace. Yeah. I mean, we're all human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I it's 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 hard when people just throw judgment every which way. Mm-hmm. Like, Come on, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I, I, it, and you mentioned this, and I know this is, and I'll wrap up here shortly. But you mentioned this earlier of, of this bookstore in particular. But I think a lot of independent bookstores mm. being safe spaces. Yeah, and I do feel safe when I come into bookstores because, um, and who knows, maybe the person that checks you out judges what you buy, but <laughs> silently, <laughs> yeah, silently. Um. <laughs> but it is a place where you can go and, um buy a book on mental something regarding mental health if you're feel like you're dealing with someone but you're not ready to take the step to talk about it yet you can go in and buy a book about it and go yeah i do want to not this person went and got help i can go get help or you know explore different ideas paths resources yeah exactly yeah so i love that characterization libraries are great for that as Mm. well yes but if you check it out, then you're on a list, you know. Mm, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Like they they keep track. They they have to keep track mm-hmm. just so they get their books back. Right. We don't keep track, you know. Mm, <laughs> that's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's anonymous. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Well, thank you so much, Gretchen, for taking the time out to talk to me today about what you guys are doing here and the the culture you're creating and the safe space you're creating. I, I really appreciate it. It was such a joy and I'm going to do a little shopping shop. myself. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> Pay for the cat food. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's, been, it's been a pleasure. In this episode, I mentioned a book of poetry that I picked up by a local poet some years ago at Malaprops. And that book was called Mountains in Miniature by James L. Watkins III. It was his first book of poetry. And I I believe this is a section from a longer piece within that collection. But I wanted to read uh, what I was referencing in this episode. Love is an omen, one for which I've anxiously scoured the turbid waters of her brown eyes. An abject sadness saunters like a thick-set foraging bear through the thickets of my being, reflecting in the depths of her eyes. But this, she says, I cannot bear. Thank you for being a listener of Conversation Mill. 
The podcast is growing, but we need your continued support in the form of comments, likes, and subscriptions. If you've enjoyed even one episode, please take two minutes to comment under the episode or the podcast itself, or rate the podcast. Hitting the subscribe button wherever you listen to the podcast helps tremendously. Every like and subscribe helps me support local businesses and local nonprofits by giving them a platform to tell their stories. Together, we can foster the understanding, diversity, and economies that make our individual communities flourish while creating our own community here at Conversation Mill. Also, you can join us at conversationmill.substack.com where you can become a member and receive weekly member-only content, including member-only episodes. I look forward to sharing a new conversation with you next week. And as always, thank you for your support.